Welcome to the All About the Customer podcast brought to you by Influitive, where we talk with customer-obsessed people to uncover how you can be more customer-focused. I'm your host, Dan Kalmar. Today, I'm joined by Joshua Zirkle. Josh is head of global engagement marketing at Asana, a leading work management platform for teams. As part of his role, he's responsible for growing and engaging the Asana community around the world, both online and offline. He's also a certified professional organizer and has spent over 15 years helping people and businesses get more organized and increase their productivity. That's right, Josh is both a professional organizer and works at Asana. He might give Marie Kondo a run for the most organized person in the world. Before joining Asana, Josh was Director of Global Customer Education and Community at Evernote. Personally, I'm a huge fan of Asana. I don't even necessarily consider myself a power user. I'm probably using it in way too basic of a form, but I can't imagine organizing my work life without it. That's not what today's episode is all about, although we do talk about why people are so passionate about the Asana brand. Both at Evernote and Asana, Josh has built communities for B2B products, but it's very important to him that they don't have what you typically think of as a B2B feel. Josh thinks that when it comes to community building, there doesn't need to be a huge distinction between B2B and B2C. This is long something I've believed in from a customer marketing standpoint. Not necessarily that there's no difference in how you market to both audiences, but at the very least, B2B has a ton to learn from B2C. In our conversation, we go into how Josh thinks any B2B brand can get away with B2C-style community, how their Asana Together community helps drive meaningful impact, and Josh shares some fun things they've built into their community that have resonated with their audience. Hey, Josh, thanks so much for being on the show. Pleasure to have you here. Thanks, Dan. Nice to see you. Nice to see everyone who's joining us. So you've built your, at least part of your career, building communities at Evernote, now at Asana, and you feel like there's not actually that much of a difference between building a B2B community versus a B2C community. What do you mean by that? Basically, the way I think about it is people are still people, whether they're at a corporation and we're building community for them, or if they're using an app on their phone that they happen to really like, or they're buying a product and they really enjoy it. If anything, like the pandemic has taught us, it's really that people have reevaluated their relationship with work and how it fits into their life and recognizing that these things are all together mushed into one. And it just gives us the opportunity to reflect people where they're at and relate to them on a real human level. I mean, at Asana, we really believe that when companies and organizations provide people with tools to do their work more effectively, they can make a bigger impact. And that makes people feel good. And when people feel good, they want to talk to other people who also feel good. And this is a B2B product, right? But those are real human feelings, the same kind of feelings that you have in the world of B2C. And so for me, I don't really see a, this like hard line between B2B and B2C and you need to do it totally differently. Because I think in the end, no matter whether it's a service that you use at work or a product you buy for yourself, in the end, we're talking about how individuals are experiencing these things in the context of their lives. And when we think about that and what community is, it's about connection and the shared experience. And those experiences are shared whether you're talking about a shoe that you love, a TV show that you watch, or a tool that helps you at work. And so that's why I really think that this distinction between building community for B2B and B2C is really a false distinction. Why do you think that distinction exists? Like why as customer marketers, as community builders, do we think that there has to be such a big difference? I think because it's how often these things are positioned very differently, especially when it comes to B2B. Most 
if not all, but the significant majority of B2B brands are positioned as like, this is a thing for work. We talk about this thing a certain way. It's very professional and buttoned up. We use a lot of stats. Well, you know, when we talk with our friends or people out in the world about things we use at work, if we like them, we don't often share a lot of stats. We don't recite the marketing messaging. We talk about the difference that it's making for us and how we work. We talk about the thing that we were able to achieve. And so I, I think because especially as marketers, we think about who are we talking to and what's the message that we need to get to them. It's very easy when you are a B2B marketer to put on this hat of like, well, I need to put on my professional outfit and I need to put on those professional words when I speak with people. And I don't know that that is true and accurate, especially anymore. People are really able to see through a lot of like marketing lingo and businessy lingo. And when we start to detangle some of that and really look at how do we talk to the person that's at the company that would be using the B2B product and we start relating to them in a way that feels more human and natural, that's when we can break out of that very binary mindset of, well, when we do B2B, we do it this way. And when we do B2C, we do it this way. It's just people who are receiving these messages. How can we relate to them more in a human way? And that's where things really start to resonate and that's where you break down that distinction. Josh's point here was like a light bulb moment for me. You know, I get that in marketing, we always want stats. We feel like we need to prove what we're saying. But I've often found that the best voice of the customer marketing moments come from the soft benefits, you know, the human side beyond the ROI numbers. Josh is right. When we're talking to colleagues in the industry about a solution we're really passionate about, like when I was talking about how I love Asana at the start of the episode, it isn't about those ROI numbers. We talk about what the solution means to us in a natural and authentic way. That's going to resonate a lot more than some forced marketing messaging. I think also people come by it honestly a little bit too, because, you know, I mean, let's be honest, a B2B buying cycle and B2C buying cycles are different, right? Me buying a pair of socks is different from, you know, signing a three-year enterprise deal for $4 million. But, you know, I've always felt that at the very least, even if there is a distinction, there's probably not as big of a difference. And at the very least, you know, B2B can learn a lot from B2C. Do you think you can over-rotate and try to make things too B2C for a B2B product? When you over-rotate towards B2C, it can get a little cringy and awkward. You can't make it too cute or too friendly. You have to recognize what the context is for what you're doing and what the people who are using your tool or product might be. So it's important that you reflect that business context in your program design, in your program elements, in your messaging, because you're often talking about, okay, you use this thing in the context of work. Let's talk about what you're able to achieve, what you're able to do, how you work. Let's give you some use case examples and some ways to interact with other community members that are related to this context. You can't go straight from the blue corporate looking website to like, hey, let's have a party. That's like a very big leap. But you can plant seeds along the way that make that super hard businessy thing more relatable. And so when you over rotate, it can look a little silly. But when you start rotating, I would say, authentically in a way that makes people feel like, hey, the company who's building this community program understands the context that I'm using this in, but they're approaching me in a friendly, personable, delightful way, that's where you can actually make something happen. Yeah. And what do you think happens when people try to make B2B communities feel too much like B2B when they have these like very boring and they, they don't try to be authentic and relatable? What happens then? I think people 
will use them, but in a very utilitarian way. So they'll often use them just to like get a question answered, or I, I need to understand a use case. But they don't often want to return of their own accord. It's not very enjoyable for them. It doesn't feel like oh, this is a place I want to hang out and spend time. When you really set your whole program around, like let's make it transactional, let's make it very business, let's make it very hard with a focus around like getting people what they need and getting them in and out. It doesn't make people want to linger. And I personally think the community programs that people want to linger in, where they want to meet other people, where they want to talk to the people behind the scenes at the company, those are the ones that are more enjoyable and more sticky. And those are the ones that create more value for the business because you're really building deeper relationships with your customers rather than just helping them solve a problem. So I think one rebuttal people are going to have to your point here is they're like, yeah, but Josh, you work at Asana. You did this at Evernote. You're working at sexy companies. You know, my company is a SaaS company, sure, but we're selling accounting software, we're selling HR software. Like, do you think that you can still do this at non-sexy companies? I do have the benefit of having worked at sexy companies. I don't think this sort of feeling is limited to just the places I've worked or ones like them, because I think regardless of the product, whether it's a B2C or a B2B product, people want to have a positive customer experience. They want to enjoy it. And when people enjoy a product or a service, even if it's an accounting program, they want to connect with other people who also have shared that same experience because maybe they could learn from each other or they just want to talk to someone maybe in their local area who's also using that product. So it's not so related to the brand, although having a sexy brand helps. It's really about recognizing why would people want to come to this community and linger here? What can we create to make that happen? And then build the opportunities and the spaces and, and the chances for people to make those sorts of connections. I, I think it's important, especially for people who would be naysayers to this notion of like, hey, I can't do this for my company. I think it's important to recognize that when you're building community, people often want more than just answers to their questions. That's like the baseline of what you create, but there's often opportunities to create chances for people to connect, and especially with levity and fun, and that's what keeps people coming back and keeps them engaged. So you have to think about, okay, maybe I don't have the sexiest brand, but what can I offer to my community members that creates value for them that's beyond just answering questions? What's beyond the transaction? What sorts of connections can I make between community members and each other or between community members and members of our team so that they get the behind the scenes, behind the curtain access that people get really excited about? Like, What else is it that can create that feeling of I'm an insider rather than just I have a place that I can go to answer questions? For those people out there at, at non-sexy companies, I'll, I'll continue to use the term. Uh, I think it probably goes back to what you were talking about earlier when, you know, sometimes you can try to make too big of a leap too quickly. So if you are at a company that's, you know, a little bit more straight-laced with the buyer personas, the people who are purchasing these solutions, maybe you don't go all the way right away. But like you said, maybe you lay a little bit of the groundwork and you start. Is that kind of the approach for people who aren't at the asanas of the world to just take these baby steps? I don't think you need to go completely the opposite direction where you've been. I think you need to feel out first, like maybe you work with your brand team and like what feels right for our brand? What message and tone shifts can we use just within the community to make it feel like we're having a conversation rather than 
pushing up marketing messages. Is there a forked version of our brand and our brand elements that we could use that are a little bit friendlier than our you know, corporate logo? Maybe there's a version of the logo that we create that's specifically for a community that makes it feel special. You don't need to go all the way to the Asana world of like unicorns and rainbows, literally, which is what we have. I realize that may be a, an extreme leap for a lot of folks, and I'm definitely not saying go there. What I'm saying is you're, you have a brand. What's right for your brand? What would feel like a, a friendlier version of your brand, whether it's through words or imagery or even the case studies and customer examples that you use that you could leverage in the community context? This doesn't have to be the type of language change that you make for all of your marketing, but there might be things that you could do because it's generally a smaller audience than everyone you're trying to reach within your community that, that would feel a little bit more humanistic and friendly and fun. I think you with each brand have to recognize what is the slightly more fun version of our brand look like and how can we do that within the context of the community program? I, I love that approach because I think it's so much more palatable for a lot of people than making this huge shift is like, yeah, having that as a starting point of, you know, what works for this company might not work for yours, but there's probably something that can get you a bit closer to what Asana is doing with their community or, or whoever it might be. So I, I think it's such a great uh, starting point. Yeah, and you don't have to get to where Asada is. Like that, that is not the barometer for what every company needs to do. It's more just of how do we make a friendly and enjoyable place for our community members that people feel something about that's beyond transactional. Whether that's the unicorn and rainbows of the Asana world or something else entirely will be dependent on every single community for every single company. So what do you think are the key differences between a B2B community and a B2C community? Like you mentioned, you can't kind of over-rotate too much. Like, are, are there certain things that you need to keep in mind when doing one over the other? Or do you think that there's really not that many things people need to focus on? I think it's really just about the context. I mean, the, the main context is that in business, you may not be the person who's purchasing this tool. You may not have chosen it. You might have it handed down to you from on high, but you're the person who has to implement it for your team or has to use it. Whereas in B2C, the context is generally, I've chosen this, I like this. Not necessarily I need to achieve a certain goal with it, but it's something I like. So the context is really what's very different. That's where you really need to think about, okay, given that the person that I want to have be part of my community may not be super motivated to fall in love with my product, but it might be something that they have to use. What value can I create for them? What messaging would resonate with them? And there will still be people within your community that are like, I love this thing so much, you're gonna pry it out of my cold dead hands, even though it's like something that was handed to them, or maybe they had an influence on the buying decision. So you, you have to cover more bases, I'd say, in the world of B2B community. Whereas in B2C, it's like, Chances are this person chose this thing. Chances are even by them finding the community, they're already pretty excited about it. So there's often a little bit less motivation that you need to create there because the motivation is typically built in. But it doesn't mean it can't be created in the world of B2B. It just means that you have to be very sensitive to, hey, there are different constituencies within this community. How do we create a spot for each one of them? And if we can't create a spot for them, what messaging can we create that helps all these different people know that they're welcome here? and that we have something of value for them once they join us. I want to talk about the community that you've built at Asana, but before we get into that, I'm curious to know 
what made you get interested in being in the community space? Like when I look in your LinkedIn, there seems to be, at least in the job title, a, a change around 2016 where you, you got into this community space. Maybe you always were and just didn't have a job title that reflected it. But but what about you get got you interested in, in building communities in the first place? I'm actually super shy. I'm an introvert. And so I've always looked for like, where's my place? Where can I find my people? And in my past especially before the world of like being a community builder, like with a capital C, capital B was a thing the way it is now. I always found myself in roles where I, part of my charge was like bringing people together. And I never framed it as like, I'm building community, but that's exactly what I was doing. And I think I just have a natural knack for this, even though I myself am very shy. I, I figured out ways of like, okay, here are the dots that I can connect between these different people who are interested in this thing. And, and this really began when I was running my professional association, when I was uh, doing productivity consulting full time. I led our professional association here in the Bay Area and was super involved at the national level. Then when I was working at CBS, part of my charge was to coordinate groups of volunteers to help answer consumer questions. And then of course, with Evernote and with Asana, my whole purpose is to create and build and grow these communities of customers to connect them with us and with each other. So for me, I take a lot of pleasure in knowing that I'm creating a platform for people to find their people, to find their place within the, these worlds where so many of us feel disconnected, especially in the world of work where it can feel, especially in the last couple of years, very disconnected, very heads down. I need to like focus on what I'm doing creating opportunities for people to connect with, with each other, for me, I find very fulfilling, for lack of a better word. I, I, I like seeing what happens when you put people together, like examples in our community here at Asana, like I've seen people come together, community members, where they've created new businesses together. And like, that's pretty awesome. And I had some small part, my team had some small part in, in kicking that off by introducing them to each other. So whether it's people being more successful at work because they've created their own mini Asana network within their company, or people across many different time zones in different parts of the world meeting each other and sharing use cases and strategies for implementing Asana with their team. Or even when I was at Evernote, people showing me how they were using Evernote when I would run into them in the airport and I happened to have like the Evernote sticker on my backpack. All of these things, they, they are really unusual in the world of business to elicit this sort of very emotional reaction from people. And that's what, what building community offers. Let's talk about this community and, and confirm for me, is, is it called Asana Together? Yes, Asana Together. So tell me about Asana Together and the purpose of that community. What's, what's your elevator pitch for that? And we can kind of go deeper into it. Yeah, so Asana Together is the official Asana community. I was brought in to create it, didn't exist before I arrived here at Asana. The purpose is, well, I sit within marketing, so it's probably useful for context to know that part of my goal is to be a marketer. The goal of Asana Together is to build the opportunity for customers to connect with us and each other to spread the word about Asana. And this could be spread the word publicly on their socials, at events that they host, but often because Asana is a team product used within companies, part of the goal is for them to spread the word about Asana within their teams to broaden the use and adoption of Asana at their own companies. So some of the work is highly public and some of it is highly not that our folks do. 
Within our program, there's three program pillars. So the first is the ambassador program. This is for the person who's on a team that uses Asana that raises their hand and says, hey, I love this thing, or I've now been tasked with leading the charge for this Asana thing at my company, like, what do I do? So we give those folks a space to go where they can connect with other ambassadors all across the world, meet people who are in similar roles to them to talk about their strategies for rolling out Asana, strategies for uses of Asana, and get excited about using it. For these people, we know that they're really motivated by love of the product, or maybe they just want to know more about it. So we do private webinars just for them, where they get to meet members of our product team to not just explain to them what's coming in Asana, but the thought process behind it. Here's why we're developing what we're creating. Here's how we've taken community feedback and incorporated it into the product that we're building. So it's a very virtuous loop that we've created with them. Like we really listen to them, we share their feedback with the product team, and then we present it back to them and share it with them in a really exciting way. So we give these people lots of opportunities to connect with us and with each other. We give them lots of swag and just shower them with love because we really do appreciate them. So that's the first pillar in our program. The second is what we call Asana Together World Tour, our community events program. And so this is a way that we can go directly out in the world, hopefully one day again. In the last couple of years, it's been all virtual and prior to the pandemic, it was all in person. Um, but this is a way for us to really build that in-person connection through a series of workshops, learning talks, meetups, where again, we get to meet customers on the ground. We get to show them how to use Asana at workshops in ways maybe they hadn't yet thought of and give them opportunities to connect with us and with each other in a, a fun environment. And then the third pillar is probably what most companies have, which is the community forum. Since I sit within marketing, I view this as more than just a support tool. We leverage this as a really exciting marketing channel. So we share information about new releases that are coming. We give opportunities for members to participate in contests, share their own user stories and use cases, and just lots of ways to make the forum feel alive rather than just a transactional spot to ask and answer a question. It does that too, but it does a lot more. I'm fortunate in that I have a really fantastic team that helps manage each one of these different pieces. And we have people in different regions who help make sure that different elements of these programs feel relevant for people who speak different languages or have different cultural context. Because when you have a global company and a global brand, your community program needs to feel equally global. And that's something that we've worked towards over time. That did not happen overnight, but it's great to have a community where we have people all over the world talking about how Asana has helped them, what it means for them, and sharing the word with people in their networks and at their companies. And you mentioned it from a marketing perspective, part of the reason to do this community outside of just the altruism of, you know, bringing people together is it's a great way to, to, to spread the word about Asana. Like, why do you feel like community is such an important pillar of marketing? Because it's authentic. And I think within marketing, there are many important things, many channels that marketers can run. Many of those over time, people stop seeing them and stop hearing them. They fall in kind of a deaf ear. And marketing via community is really interesting because it's one of the few ways that although we don't have direct control over how people talk about Asana once we get them into our community, when they talk to people in their network about Asana, when they talk to people on their teams about how it's helping them, it's super authentic because it's literally them telling other people what it means to them or how it's helping them or how it's making their work more efficient. And this sort of direct advocacy is really tough to replicate in other types of marketing. 
it sits really well alongside other types of marketing where someone becomes aware of the brand or they see some professionally produced use cases. And then they also hear from a friend or a colleague at a networking event, hey, I'm using Asana, here's what I'm using it for. It really completes that picture in a really beautiful way because then you're hearing what the company is saying, what the brand is saying, but then you're also hearing from someone that you know, like, and trust about how this thing is helping them. So it's one of the ways that marketing can break through the rest of the noise when you know, you're bombarded with ads or with marketing messages you can turn those off or choose to ignore them. But when you're talking with a friend or a colleague, it's much harder to just ignore what they're saying. And if they're telling you about something that really has helped them, you're probably going to listen. And so that's where I think community really fits into the picture in an interesting way, especially for things that have a longer sales cycle like B2B. Josh touched on something really important here. He talks about how when these interactions happen within the community, we can't control them. We can't make sure our customers are talking about things in a particular way. I think it's a blessing in disguise for marketers. And one of my biggest pet peeves is when I go on a company's website and I can't even begin to imagine what that company does. And you know why? Because a marketer wrote it. But when you talk to customers of that company or you talk to employees, they describe it in a so much more approachable way. This is so effective and something we need to do more of. But Josh and his team have also developed a way to make sure that our customers at least have the tools that they need to pitch our solutions correctly. I remember my first community events where I would hear people talking about the product that I was representing. And I would cringe when I would hear them say something that was wrong, meaning that it wasn't exactly how the marketing words that we had chosen would say it. And then I started to realize like, they're talking about us. They're still having the conversation about us. And at the end of the day, that's what we really want, even if it is not framed in exactly the way that we would do it. One of the things that we do with our ambassadors, for instance, is we do give them you know, a set of brand guidelines and ideas for how to talk about Asana. So we, we do try to seed it, but at the end of the day, we can't control it. And so it's really my team's job to make sure we're giving them as much of the correct information as we can with the hopes that they will take it in, in the most authentic way that they can back to their own audiences and conversations and interactions in their own communities and talk about us on in, in the way that feels right for them. We can't control it. And I think for most marketers who are used to carefully crafting every single word, we love that. That's part of our craft. But we can't do that when it comes to community. It just doesn't work that way. So let's dive into this community and what you've learned from it. Like, what are some of the B2C style things that you've done within Asana together that you think have really resonated and that B2B folks can take away for their own communities? When we think about what Asana is, it's a B2B tool to help teams orchestrate and manage their work. We're really in the business of helping our teams that are using Asana co-create progress. We want them to be successful. And we're really focused on making sure that they have all the impact and clarity that they need to get their things done. And we want to help them have fun, especially from the community side, and delight them as they're doing it. And so we really try to have this sense of quirky brand elements, plus we're helping you get things done, pull through to all of our community work. And so some of the ways that this comes to life, like we have our brand elements, which I think are pretty recognizable, like the unicorn and the Yeti and the, the colorfulness of our brand. I can't overstate how lucky I am to have that as a toolbox that I can pull tools out of to use because it does help. I'm very fortunate, but it's not the only thing. 
And I think it's easy to focus on that, like, well, Asana has this, but I can't do anything. There are tons of other things that we do to help pull that B2C style world into our, our community. Some include like when we do events, whether it's in person or virtual, we take photos with our community members. And, and especially when it came to in person, we would bring like a little brand mascot with us, just a, like a tiny little stuffed animal that we would take snapshots of them and we gave them like instant photos. And people would go crazy posting those on social media just to show that they were at an event. I think that's something a lot of folks can do, especially as we're seeing a return to in-person events in the world. One of the things that we had to shift to though when we went virtual is Although our events are virtual, we target them on a city-by-city city basis, and we want people to feel like we really see them where they are geographically in the world. So we created a series of Zoom backgrounds for our team to use that have illustrations that showcase important landmarks or milestones for a given city. And then when we would have the event, so many people who were attending were commenting on like, wow, you created something just for us? You see us. And that is something that cannot be overstated how important that is for making people to feel like they're part of a community, not just attending yet another webinar. We also make sure that we send people a lot of swag. So one thing that has continued to surprise me as a community marker and also just as an adult is how crazy adults go for stickers. So we make sure that, you know, if you've attended one of our events, we give you the opportunity to sign up for a swag pack. We'll send you a bunch of stuff, including sticker sheets. And these are not very expensive things to create and produce and send, but people go crazy for them. And it's interesting to me when I've seen people attend multiple Asana events, they'll often like showcase their laptop that has like multiple Asana stickers on it. So these, this is that sort of like fun thing that you can insert into all sorts of types of community activities. We also, because a lot of our work on community here at Asana is about building connection, we give members the opportunity to take the lead. So we have a forum leaders program where certain people who are really forum oriented and really want to be seen as experts, they actually lead their own conversations. And we give them special webinars just for forum leaders. We give them extra special swag. We hold special events just for them. And similarly, we have people who want to host other types of Asana events and we do similar things for those city leaders. So it's really finding ways to like, figure out what people want to do and then give them that like little extra bonus surprise and delight that will make them really feel like, oh, this was enjoyable. I remember this. Whether it's a contest or an event or whatever, it's, it's those sorts of feels that make it more resonant with them than if it was just without that. I think about communities that I've been where it's like, I don't feel anything about me being part of this. It seems kind of boring. I don't want our community to be boring. I hate being bored myself, and I don't want our community to have that feeling for anyone who's part of it. I'm trying to think of how we can help B2B community managers kind of brainstorm these more fun things. And I like that initial mindset you talked about earlier in this conversation where it's like, what's the more fun version of your company? How do you try to figure out these more B2C style things? Do you just look at B2C events that you've been at? Like how, how do you personally, is there a framework you look at for trying to figure out what are B2C things we can do in this B2B community? There's no framework. I don't like to work that hard. Instead, what I do is often with my team, we'll just brainstorm. And if I didn't have a team, I'd probably sit with someone on the brand side or, or even someone who's in customer support to think about like, what is that slightly more fun version of what we're doing? What, what things could we create? But above and beyond that, I would actually just talk to some customers and ask them like, hey, if we were to do something fun, 
what would fun look like for you? If we could send you something in the mail that would be fun, what would you want to see? Because especially for any community, there's always a few people who are like super champions, regardless if you have the most businessy business product or the most consumery consumer product, there are always people who they have made themselves known to you. Talk to those people because if you can get those people excited about something that you're creating, they will share that with other people once you give that thing to them. And so if I had nothing else to start with, I would probably start with talking with those people because they'll tell you a lot of things that you may never have thought of. You could even invite them into your brainstorming session and they'll give you lots of interesting insight. I love so many of the examples that you gave around B2C stuff. I mean, one, when you were talking about this mascot, I was really hoping you were going to say that you dress up as the mascot, but it, it didn't go in that direction, which is fine. My, my team has perpetually threatened to put me in the Yeti costume. I don't know. I, I know it will happen at one point. I don't know when. It's on the horizon at some point. We do have a Yeti costume here somewhere in the building. I want to see a photo of you in that when it happens. But you talk about something even just like really simple, like swag and stickers. And you know, they get something that's really common. People love it, but also people get a lot of stickers and stuff, a lot of t-shirts. Like, what do you think it is about the Asana brand that really sticks with people, really resonates with people and makes them want to put stickers on their laptop and have these different generations of stickers like you talked about? The Asana brand is a bit unique because we are in this ostensibly hard B2B space that's like all about getting work done. But I think because of the way Asana, the product is designed, it celebrates work being completed. It celebrates the people who've been working on something. So we have this team-based business product, but it's really about celebrating and recognizing the individuals who are at the heart of getting work done. And because of this, I, I found that people report that they really like Asana because it sees them. It meaningfully impacts their work in a way that they feel more in control of their work and how it gets done and, and more empowered to just achieve clarity and get stuff done together as a team. And so part of that ethos and that feeling is what went into our brand identity, the, the celebration creatures, like each of the things that you see shoot across the screen when you complete a series of tasks in Asana, the friendliness of the color palette, all of those things make what we have feel approachable and it celebrates people's achievements. And I think that combination of Asana helps me get things done. So I, I really see the tangible, real day-to-day -day work benefit of it combined with, you know, the Yeti and the unicorn and the fun brand elements. It just makes people feel good. And the value of that is so, so important, especially to a community program where we're working with people. They love Asana because of what it does for them and because they enjoy the brand because it's enjoyable and fun. So it's not one or the other. I think the two things are, are very closely linked at Asana. And I know our product team and our brand design team work very closely together to make sure that we're leveraging those elements in a way that doesn't feel silly, but feels like, oh, this is like something delightful as part of this process of working with this tool. And so I feel very fortunate to work at a brand that I also use um, because we at Asana use Asana all day long. Like I get to experience those sorts of oh, the unicorn just like shot across the screen on my Asana too. I know that feeling. And so when I talk with people who are part of the community, I can relate to them too. Yeah, when you're talking about the unicorn, I was like, where have I seen the unicorn? I was like, oh, right, when you, you could, there's a setting you can turn on where you complete a task, it hops across the screen. Yeah, we even take this so seriously at Asana that we built in a feature called Extra Delight, 
that you can turn on. And when you complete a certain number of tasks, like your screen goes crazy with unicorns and rainbows. And you know, for, for some people, this is really right. And others, it holds no meaning at all. But it's there for the people who want it. And I've been surprised how many people really love it and want it. So what haven't we talked about around this topic that you wish people knew more about? In my conversations with other community marketers, especially as it relates to the B2C versus B2B divide, which I, I don't think there needs to be one, I think they're overthinking it. I think the notion is these two things are not related in any way. Building community for B2B is really hard and it really has to be very serious because we're talking about people in business and business people are serious. I don't think that way. I don't think that's true. I encourage community leaders to put yourself in the mindset of someone who's part of your community. Would you really want something that is super serious all the time? If so, why is that the case? And could you modify it even just a little bit to make it more enjoyable? I, I don't think this mindset of this is like this and that is like that and never the two shall meet. I don't think it's helpful. I also don't think it's accurate. There's too many things competing for people's time. If you make something that isn't enjoyable, people aren't going to stick around for very long. As it turns out, people at work want to have fun too. And so if you can put a smile on people's face, if you can give them even the tiniest bit of surprise and delight for being part of your community, it goes a really long way. Don't underestimate it. The question that I like to end everything off with, Josh, is what's something that the folks at home can do, some low-hanging fruit, to make themselves more customer-obsessed? Yeah, I think the number one thing is recognize that your customers, even if they are B2B and it's a real hard business and you're making a business product, your customers are not their brand's logo. Your customers are real-life individuals, real people who are going to be part of your community, hopefully. So if you want to make your company and all of the people that sit at your company, there's individuals there too, more customer-centric, you have to spend time actually talking to customers and listen, especially if you're in the community space, to what they would want to see from your community program. And one thing that I found really helpful is talk to people and then share those findings internally amongst your broader team. This is how you insert those real life customer quotes and insights into the broader company mindset, which can lead to greater customer centricity. This sort of feedback collected outside of rigorously structured UXR or research sessions are really interesting for your broader team because they may never get the opportunity to talk to customers directly the way that you might. And having these sorts of unstructured, real talk, customer moments, when shared more broadly, can lead to much more customer empathy amongst your company. I love that. Love this whole conversation. Thanks so much for being on the show, Josh. My pleasure. Thank you. Josh's advice of you're overthinking it is one of the biggest things I'm taking away from this conversation. B2B, B2C, at the end of the day, our customers, our community members are human beings. Unless robots are buying your products. Is that what NFTs are? If still not fully sure. I heard a term recently that we should do away with B2B and B2C and just focus on human to human marketing. When it comes to building a community, maybe there isn't as much of a difference as we think there is. Josh has given us all such a great starting point. What's a more fun version of your company? What's something that's more approachable? That can resonate beyond just your community into all of your marketing, but the community is a great place to start. Maybe not every company needs to have unicorns everywhere, but we can start spreading a little bit more fun. Our customers are people, even if they work in more straight-laced industries. In fact, 
Maybe it's the customers in straight-laced industries who need a B2C style community more than anyone. Let's let the accountants start having fun, okay? This has been the All About the Customer podcast brought to you by Influtive. I've been your host, Dan Kalmar. Until next time, maybe lighten up your community a little bit. Throw a unicorn or a narwhal in there or something. <laughs>